Hey, this is Alex, and you're tuned into the Market Adventures Podcast from Tiny Leaves Big Changes Podcast Network. It is Monday, November 30th, and I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope you've recovered from your Thanksgiving hangover like me. Throw the food out. Don't keep it. Don't be tempted to eat because we're back on our grind today. This is an amazing week for the community and our podcast. We're opening the Market Adventures Trading School. Now, for the next two weeks, we'll have interviews on Monday and Tuesday with some amazing guests that will teach us different practical steps to financial success and the mindset required to achieve it without losing our peace of mind. After we start the week, by getting those, that knowledge, I'll be breaking down the stock market and ways to use both technical analysis and fundamental analysis to trade consistently and stacking the odds in our favor with each trade. This information comes from both trial and error experience of my own, but also various texts, textbooks, books, and courses on the subject of financial markets. Now, today, you'll hear the first half of my interview with marketing expert, founder of several multi-million dollar businesses, Kevin Yerusha. Hey, everybody. My name is Kevin Yerusha. You're the founder of Boy Media. We run a digital marketing agency here in New York City, but as well, I also have like a cleaning company and then I have some e-commerce companies as well. So you're in New York City. You know, I used to live uh, about an hour and a half north of uh, New York City. I lived in Poughkeepsie, New York for some time. How do you like it there? I mean, I grew up here, so I love it here. I mean, I used to live in, so I grew up in Long Island and then I moved to New York City like properly, like proper in the city, like in Manhattan. Um, and that, that was like probably one of the best experiences because it's just like everything's r- r- right around you. I used to live in East Village and then I used to live in Soho. My favorite place living in New York City was in Soho. Obviously, everybody knows kind of Soho, famous for a lot of like luxury stuff. But just everything, they were so close. And I lived right near the train station. And I could just walk anywhere. Like walking to work was like a 20-minute walk. It's like I have to get to work at 9 o'clock. It'd be like 9, 10. I'm like, all right, I can still walk in here. If I do a little speed walk and get coffee, I'm still great for work. So it was just like the convenience is really nice. Um, and then after that, I lived out in Astoria, um, which is like more Queens area. Um, but about maybe 30, 40 minutes away driving. I didn't really like it as much. And then within like basically less than two years, I moved to go to Brooklyn, which is where I'm at now. And I like Brooklyn a lot better. It's just a little bit more convenient and a little more stuff. But my number one place I tell people all the time, is if you get a chance to live in the city, Manhattan, it's like the best experience ever. I almost feel like you have to be an athlete to live in Manhattan. Yeah, everybody's fast. Yeah, everybody's so fast. What are you doing? What are you doing for work now? So I know you have several businesses. I know you have Void Media. Where? What's getting the majority of your attention right now? So right now, the majority of the attention is still Void Media. We're still growing the team, so we're we're still pretty small. I mean, our team size is only twenty five people, but we're trying to grow it quicker. And really, at this stage, it takes up a lot of time just because it's we're not small, but we're not big, but we also still need all these processes and procedures in place in order to scale up more effectively without having like the team just collapse, right? So it's like when you're small, you can kind of just do things like five or 10 people. I think it's kind of like, okay, whatever. But at this rate, it's like, you really need to think about like promotions, uh, firing, uh, hiring. You need to think about how do people move up? How do people move down? Uh, what are systems in place? How do you project manage people? How do you know what's going on? So there's like all these like things that you need to be thinking about that like this level that is going to help us get to like that 50 to 100 people kind of goal that we're looking to get. 
and I really I like it. I like that you're talking about just uh, not people management, but being able to uh, grow your team and understanding that you don't have to do everything by yourself. Because what I've noticed is a lot of people who start companies, whatever they it it, it starts small, and it's almost like there's a hesitance to continue to grow in size. So it's really interesting that you decided right off the bat, I need a, I need a team around me. So, you know, I'm not doing all the work. How have you, how have you found that experience building your team? Oh, I think, I think going back to what you said, it, it's exactly, it's funny because I, I see people run into that trap too, where they build a company, but then they don't really think about building a team around them because they're kind of like stuck with like themselves. And then I tell people like, you're just like making a harder job for yourself. And, yeah, you get some sort of freedom, but at the same time, it's a lot more work. And at least for me, like, uh, you probably saw all the stuff I've done. The only way I could do things is by having a team. Like, I have my other companies. I have have a book, right? So I wrote the book, but then behind the book was, like, four other people that were with me writing it. Even though I'm the author, right, I'd still, like, yeah, I wasn't the one designing it. I wasn't the one editing it. I wasn't the one uh, being able to structure. I was like, more of the content, but behind it, there's a team to sort of help you fulfill the sort of goals and dreams and and that's that's helpful. You know who else is? I, I almost want to liken you to him just based on your philosophy of teams. Drake, <laughs> right? People people don't think about how in how smart he has to be yep. to only have to do one job and to be the biggest one of the biggest artists on the planet, right? He's not producing. He's not marketing. He's not handling anything outside of. Getting in the sometimes he doesn't even write his own music. He just yeah. stands in the booth and reads what is in front of him, and he does it with such you know obviously he has a mastery and a talent for it. But people don't talk about like you know Drake and you have LeBron and you have and we've talked about him before Zuckerberg. We yeah. have these great industry faces, but they really focus super super hard on having to do just focus on their mastery and allowing people to do things that they're better at than them, you know? You know, and I think what you said is, is so important for people to understand. And it's crazy. It's so interesting because like, I can tell people all the time that too, like all these artists, all these people that you're looking at, they're just singing but behind them. They're writers, producers, editors, script writers, everything behind that. And I, it's the same thing I tell people about our um, movie stars, like your favorite movie, right? That wasn't the, 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 the actor or the actress on that wasn't the one writing the film. But there's like hundreds of people behind that, but you only see the person acting on it, right? Like, oh, Brad Pitt, but Brad Pitt just acts. He just gets the script and it's like, okay, let me go do my job, which is acting. But behind that, there's a team that wrote everything, that scripted it, that does the filming, the editing. And I think that's how people need to think about business. It's like, what is your core skill that you're good at? And then how do you build around, how do you build a team around that that can help you achieve that goal? Because that's what they're there for. To help. You hire them, you, you paying them, and then they're there to help you achieve their, your your sort of goal and dream that you have to have to achieve. You were doing this. You had this mentality even before, right? In oh, your wow. in your twenties, because you built your home cleaning business, right, from from nothing to three million dollars in what a year and a half, two years. You, you don't do that by yourself. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Even for me, like I was starting entrepreneurship. I was starting stuff since I was like sixteen or seventeen. I knew I've always wanted to do something at at a young age and. That's sort of what made me want to sort of figure this out and get this going because I just like had it in me. I just wanted to do something and just learning and reading that really helped me. But then, yeah, like growing a company, for example, the cleaning company, that was that I did that after I was working in Silicon Valley for 
um, a few years. So after college at Binghamton, I went to upstate New York. I moved out to California because that was my dream to work in San Francisco. I was there for four years. And then I came back to uh, New York. At that, at that time, I was 25. Um, and then when I was 25, I was like, okay, I want to build this thing because that's my passion. I wanted to do it. I wanted to just make something. And that's when I started it. And by that time, I already was thinking about um, uh, building a team and business around that. And really a, a great book that I read that really changed my mind of how to think about building teams and sort of how to think about a business was called The E-Myth. Um, it's not an internet book. It's more of a book about small businesses. And when I read it, I was like, oh, wow, this makes sense. Like, it's really talks about why small businesses fail and sort of how to prevent that. And sort of what is that mindset you need to go when you're starting a business? And really the the story kind of goes is if you're a baker, right, and you like baking cookies for your friends and family, your your thing is like everybody's probably telling you like, hey, why don't you make a bakery, right? It's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, right? Let me go make a bakery, right? So then you open up your bakery and you start baking. And then all of a sudden you come to realize that like, being a baker isn't just about baking the goods. It's about how do you manage the business? How do you take payroll? How do you treat customers? How do you do refunds? And it's like, as a baker, you then are overwhelmed by everything. But then because it's your business in your mind, you think, hey, this is my business. I need to do it all versus like, I need to outsource. I need to hire somebody to help me with this. Um, so you get in this mindset of you just need to do everything because it's your company. And then and it's also just because you get pressured from your friends and family. That's like, oh, you were a baker. Like, you should still be baking. But really, it's like, you shouldn't be like, maybe baking. You should not be thinking about running the business. And running the business means you probably need to hire another baker to come and make the stuff that you were good at because you need to now focus on the actual growth of the company versus like being in there and producing the stuff for your customers, right? So for the, for the maid company, I'm building a business of the cleaning company, but I'd never go and clean myself, right? Because that's, I need to hire people to go and do that because that's their job that they're good at. I'm good at just marketing and bringing the customers. Understanding what you're good at. So now the, the cleaning business was your first business, right? So that's like uh, my first business that took off. I've had, yeah. Yeah. Like, you're like anybody in probably like that's done business. I've had like what, 10, 15 other stuff that I've been doing since I was like 18. <laughs> So tell me about your tell me about your first business. So I want you to I want you to tell me about the first business that you ever that you, that you can think of because it was a long time ago. But tell me about the first business, and then I want you to try to compare that business to the cleaning business. Like, was it just a, a, a an issue of passion, or was it just an issue of like experience and understanding? What do you think the differences were? Yeah. So the first business that uh, me and my brother tried to start was this thing called like Viva La College which is basically like a like a funny stories type of website for college students. I think we were like 19 at that time. And really for that website, we were um, hiring um, – we, we, hi- we went to this website called Rent-A-Coder. And I'm not, it was, I'm not, it's like our coding website. And we went to this website called Rent-A-Coder, and we hired some person from overseas about how to – to build us this website. And we actually got it online. If you go to like Revilla College, and you can look at the history of it, it's still running. But anyways, the website ultimately failed just because um, 1A, we didn't really know like how to build product. When I said product, I mean software. I was still learning programming at that time. But, I, but, at that, but even then at that time, my mindset was still like, hey, I don't want to do this. I want to hire someone else to do it, even though I know programming. Because I, I'm like... I'm thinking that someone else that's more smarter than me can probably build it quicker. I just need to tell them what I want and how to sort of build it for for me. Um, so that was like already, I was already thinking about like outsourcing stuff from like, what was like 19. Uh, ultimately why it failed, it was a 
uh, time. We just didn't put enough money into marketing. We didn't understand marketing, right? We just thought it would just take off. Um, so I think that was a big, big misconception for, for me. It was like, oh, if I make this cool thing, it's just going to take off. And clearly it didn't, right? So, um, but obviously then with, with the Mate Sailors, the cleaning company, this was more, by this time I already knew, I knew, I knew marketing, I knew what demand was, I knew how to generate traffic. And this, and a little before this too, I was doing a lot of SEO by then. And I knew that in order to get customers, you should be building a product or service where customers, cons- consumers are actively trying to find you so that you can sell them a product or service. Okay. 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 Now you're, you're like that. You're, you're, you're very humble or you, you, at least you, you were very humble and you still are very humble. I mean, at 18 years old, you're thinking, uh, you know, you want somebody else to be able to do it. And you're able to tell, basically say, I know I'm good, but like, I know somebody out there is better, but I know what I'm good at. So having that realization of what your particular skill is, as we already talked about, is really cool. Yeah. And that's really like, that's a good point you're saying, because when I was like, kind of like why I quit my job in Silicon Valley was because I was a programmer and I was working with other people and I was like, wow, like they would, they would like solve these problems. And I'd be like, whoa, like you're just so much smarter than me. Like I cannot like. I don't know how you're figuring this out so fast. And I was just like, okay, I need to go find something else that I'm good at. Right? So like, and that's why I was like, okay, let me go maybe do entrepreneurship. <laughs> like, that, that's actually really funny. Yeah. And yeah. It's, all the time, like, it's, it's fine to not be good at everything. I'm not good. I'm not the best programmer, but I did programming for a little bit and I can understand the concepts, but like anything, there's people that are just really good at it. Right. And it's like, it's like, it's kind of like design, right? Like everybody's like kind of good at design, but then there's like, great people that are amazing designers you're like whoa that guy is really good and you can you can kind of know a little bit about it but you know that could be the best right so that's absolutely true and the most people most people who make it in you know any type of successful field think just like you do and that okay well there's all i know there's people better than me out there and you know mark zuckerberg is guilty of that so is jeff bezos they just buy everybody yeah. <laughs> they just if you if you show any ounce of you know potential they just buy you because they're mm-hmm. not even going to try to compete they're just going to hey we want you here's the money and join us and i think i think it's, and that's so important to realize that because that's how you grow and get better i think even in like that book the e myth he talks a lot a lot about kind of that stuff where it's like you so most people want to hire people that are worse than them worse than them because they just feel like hey if i hire someone too smart then they're going to take over my job or they're going to take over what i'm doing and it's like a weird mindset that people have but for me i'm like yeah i want smarter people that way like they can push me and be like whoa like i'm so happy i hired you because even for roy and all the companies i've hired when i hire people i'm like wow like they're just like coming up with stuff that i would never think of and that's great then the company grows faster that way Hey, hope you enjoyed part one of my interview with Kevin Yerusha. Today, we talk about the basics of building the business. Tomorrow, we dive deeper into how to come up with good business ideas, marketing that business, and scaling that business up by hiring the right people and having very clear vision of what you're good at and what your business is going to be doing. So I'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Market Adventures Podcast. I've been your host, Alex Cunningham. Mm-hmm.